The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting, just returned from an amazing IANS annual conference in Bellevue, Washington. One of the things most striking about these IONS conferences is the number of people attending who've never had an NDE or other spiritually transformative experience and yet have been so impacted by others' experiences that it has actually changed their lives. This kind of transformation is what religions were designed to accomplish, to give insight into the nature of God consciousness and what happens to our own consciousness when our, when our bodies die. And, of course, insight into how we should live our lives and what our goal should be. Our guest today, Andrew Parks, is one such person. I, I met Andy at the conference, and I asked him to come on the show and tell folks how his learning about and reading about NDEs actually changed the direction of his life. Andy told me that for most of his life, he'd lived in pursuit of material possessions and career and status, but even though he achieved a financially stable life and career success, he still felt empty inside. And prior to learning about the NDE, Andy was not a believer in the afterlife and considered himself an atheist. And then in 1995, out of desperation, he asked God, if God existed, as he says, to come into his life. And that's when Andy began studying the NDE, and he now credits it as an absolute belief in God, a life after this earthly existence, a guide for how to live his life and changed how he treats other people. And retired from the corporate world, he now teaches business courses at the college level. Andy, welcome to NDE Radio. Well, thank you, Lee, and good morning. Good morning. It's it's great to talk to uh, the West Coast again after uh, <laughs> such a, a wonderful uh, a conference we had out there. Did you did you like it? <laughs> Yeah, Lee, to say that I liked it is an understatement. Uh, to say that it was life-changing is an even bigger understatement. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later on, but I would encourage all your listeners to uh, consider going to the next IONS conference. It was uh, that impactful. Terrific. That's terrific. The next one, by the way, is in Philadelphia about the same time next year around uh, the Labor Day weekend. Um so, Andy, what is it in the human spirit that makes even atheists yearn for a bigger picture? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, Lee, I'm happy to talk about that. Um, if you don't mind, I'll give a little bit of background, just uh, kind of level set and ground some of your uh, listeners. Um, and then it'll make more sense when I actually get into um, this transformational change that happened with me. That's terrific, Andy. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I'll just take a few minutes. Um, so originally, I'm from Chicago. That's where I was born and raised. Um, listeners can't see me, but I'm African-American. Um, we lived in an area that was you know, primarily African-American, but my parents were educators. Uh, Dad was teaching at University of Chicago, mom at a elementary school, so they sent us away to a uh, private school during the day. So we kind of lived in these two worlds. Um, you know, we'd come home to primarily African-American area, but would go to a school where we were, you know, maybe 1% African-American. And because of that, you know, we never really felt like we fit in growing up. Um, ultimately, that led to probably a very strong ego, um, and religion was really taken out of the picture, at least for me. 
uh, my parents did go to church, uh, but we went, my brother and I went kind of kicking and screaming, and eventually it got to the point where I uh, just stopped going to church altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had a really good experience uh, growing up. I went to college um, after all that was said and done, um, worked for our school newspaper, I joined a fraternity, you know, and I made friends um, across the board. So I had a really good background growing up, but it was really all about ego and achieving that uh, material success. Um, I started working in corporate America after I got out of college. And as you mentioned, my belief system was, you know, this is all that there is. Um, The ultimate goal was get as much money as you can. um, And he who has the most gold wins at the end of the life. And that was kind of how I led my life. Um, I was basically, I'd say, an honest and maybe a kind person. um, But I wasn't beyond, you know, manipulating uh, to get what I needed. So anyway, all of that kind of led to somewhat of an empty life. Um, materially, we were doing fine. And at this point, you know, my career had moved me around from Chicago to New York to Los Angeles. Um, and then right around 1995, I was living in Southern California. Uh, my wife was taking our kids to church. Uh, she has a really strong faith. Um, for me, though, Sundays were really meant for football and beer. So I kind of looked at it as you're wasting your time, but if that's what you want to do, that's fine. So right around uh, 1995, um, I was probably at the pinnacle of starting my career, Um, really advancing. I was promoted a few times, and I was also empty, and I was doing a lot of partying um, during the evening. So I was going to work in the day, but a lot of partying in the evenings. This one particular day, and this was around April 1995, but uh, the kids had gone to bed, and I just did so much partying that I actually thought I was going to die that night. And I drove myself to a, a hospital, which was about a, I don't know, mile away from our home. And I thought, if I'm going to pass out and die, at least I'm in a safe place. So I drove to the hospital, sat in the waiting room, um, kind of read basically every magazine they had there, and then at about um, or about two hours later, realized that I wasn't going to die, so I drove back home. As I got back home and I walked down uh, the hallway to our bedroom, you know, I saw both of my kids sleeping. Uh, my wife was sleeping in the bed, and I thought, you know, if I had died that night, how would that have looked? What would they have said? Um, so I actually dropped to my knees, and Lee, in that bedroom, um, we had a little sitting area. So I was over in the sitting area literally dropped to my knees, and I said, God, I never believed in you, but if you exist, I need you to come in my life. And you know, I was a little bit unsure if that prayer was going to work, because like I said, I had basically zero um, faith in terms of an afterlife. Mm-hmm. How, and that prayer was said at about four in the morning. Um, and I, there was a Bible on the nightstand in this little sitting area, and I thought, And I was still on my knees at this point, but I thought, you know, if this is real, I'm going to see something that will resonate with me. So I picked up the Bible. I flipped it open just randomly, and my eyes went straight to that part, and it's in Corinthians, but right to that part where it said, don't you know that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you? And I thought, okay, um, that's a little strange, but I'm buying into this now. And, you know, went to bed. And this is about 4 in the morning. That next day at about 10 a.m., my son comes in, and he said, Dad, I was at the grocery store, 
There was a book on the floor. It was trampled on, so the cashier gave it to me for a dollar, and I thought you may like it. Now, keep in mind, no one knew that I said this prayer. My son gave me the book, and the book was, or is, Saved by the Light by Danny and Brinkley. <laughs> and, you know, I, uh, so this was on a uh, Saturday, by the way, but I sat down and I read it cover to cover in one sitting. <laughs> I don't even right. think I got up to use the uh, bathroom. I read that book from <laughs> um, cover to cover in one sitting. And I thought, okay, um, <laughs> something's starting to happen here. Then the next day, and this is now going to a Sunday, my wife comes in and she's carrying the newspaper and reading the obituary section. And I had never known her <laughs> to read the obituary section. But anyway, she came in and she said, hey, this looks really interesting. There's a lady who had something called a near-death experience, and she's going to be speaking to a group called Bereaved Parents. Now, again, my wife didn't know that I said this prayer. So, you know, I grabbed the article, or I took the article, and the lady who was speaking, her name is Diane Morrissey, and I called this group. It was actually at a church, but I called the church and explained that I'm interested in the topic. I haven't lost a child, but I wanted to hear the topic or hear the discussion. So I yes. went and listened to Diane's story, which was just amazing. You know, very similar to other NDEs. You know, she went to the light and just had an amazing experience in a life review. But after her talk, um, I let her talk to, you know, the other parents who were there that were grieving, but I walked out with her to the parking lot, and I tapped her on her shoulder, and I said, this is starting to really form a basis for a spiritual foundation for me. Would you tell me that this really happened to you? And she grabbed me by both shoulders, looked me straight in the eye, and said, trust me, if you take nothing away from my talk, just understand that there's more to life than your physical body. And that was all she said. <laughs> and, you know, then I went home. And, Lee, at that point, I started to research the topic of an NDE, almost like I was writing a dissertation. Um, I went from book to book, story to story, and just really started to, you know, absorb the knowledge and, you know, listen to other NDE stories. And that is when things really started to shift. Now, what was also happening, though, is that my career still was continuing to grow. So, you know, I kind of went in peaks and valleys on the spiritual exploration. So at some point, you know, I would slip back in and get very ego-focused. You know, then I'd start reading again. And that kind of led or continued on for probably about, I don't know, the next 10 years or so. I was up and down. Now, here's what happened in that meantime, though. Um, I started to change the way that I treated people at work. So instead of um, being so manipulative to get things done and to make sure that, you know, I was, you know, ahead of the game, um, I started to shift my focus and, you know, really worked on mentoring and developing people. So that was one of the ways that things started to change initially. And I also started to spend more time in nature. Okay. Now, let's uh, flash forward to uh, 2006. Um, this is when I had another, I would say, kick in the seat, <laughs> seat of the pants to help me uh, get a little bit more grounded. So 2006, at this point, I had, you know, continued to move up corporately, and I was in a, I had just taken a job as a global director where I was going to have to do quite a bit of overseas travel. 
Um, I went to my uh, doctor because I needed um, a medical check and then also to get some um, medication and shots because I was going to be traveling to some kind of out of the uh, reach areas in Asia. And so the doctor said, you know, you haven't been in for a while. Let's do a checkup on you. And long story short, it turned out that I was actually diagnosed with um, the beginning stages of prostate cancer. Okay? Mm. And at this point, then all of a sudden, I really started to think, what does life mean? How is my life going? I was also really in good, good shape health-wise at that point. Um, I was training to do the uh, Vancouver BC Marathon. So we're living in Seattle now at this point. And I was diagnosed on a Friday. That next Saturday morning, I had a 21-mile run. And during that run, which took me about four hours, you have a lot of time to think. So in my head, I started to think, if worst-case scenario, if someone had to give a eulogy, what would people say? And what I would, would have wanted people to say is that I helped others God was at the center of my marriage and life. Um, you know, I had a lot of self-love and was, you know, full of joy. But that's not what I thought people would say. Um, probably would have said he's a good worker, a good employee, you know, gives it all at work. Okay? So that actually led to me now going back and re-exploring the NDE. Okay? Um, I also made a decision that I was going to take myself not off the fast track at work, um, but I was going to stop pursuing more and more promotions and just surrender to whatever happens. Um, I also started teaching um, one night a week at a local community college. Okay. Now, during this period, this is when a, what I would call a dark night of the soul really set in that lasted for about eight years. I, would, I was really living two different lives. I was working my corporate job in the day, I'm still doing a really good job, but really had this change of focus on helping people versus really, you know, trying to get more for myself. Yes. But I would come home from work and listen to uh, NDE stories during the evening. <laughs> so you know, I'd get home just say five or six, six o'clock in the evening and would just go straight to either YouTube or read a book that I had. Um, and if you, I kind of laugh at this now, but I looked at my bookshelf at home, you know, went from books on money management, um, you know, how to influence people, those kind of books, to, mm -hmm. you know, quantum physics and now near-death experience. <laughs> so it was kind of funny to see that shift uh, in my book, you know, in my bookshelf. Um, but as I was going through this dark night of the soul period, um, I started to understand that each near-death experience that I was listening to had a lot of similarities, okay? but they also had a unique difference that really seemed to speak to me. And, you know, I use this analogy now, but it was almost like completing a jigsaw puzzle. So I'd hear one little bit of information, and there's another piece of the jigsaw puzzle that would go into place. Okay? Um, the other thing that was happening is I started to, you know, hear some consistent stories that were coming out, like life review, unconditional love. You know, we're going to see how we impacted people, not from our point of view, but from their point of view. That kind of um, awakening, and I won't say that I'm awakened, but that kind of awakening to me really changed things. So I wanted to go a little bit deeper, and this is when I contacted um, the local Seattle IONS group. And you know, didn't know anything about you know, near-death experiences in terms of people and other than uh, Diane Morrissey that I spoke to um, a couple years ago or about 10 years ago. 
So I went to a local IONS meeting. And, you know, I hate to say this now, but, you know, I will say I was somewhat judgmental before I went there. And I thought, is this going to, am I going to fit in? Am I going to meet a lot of woo-woo type people? But (laughs) when I got there, I have to tell you, one, I was really accepted. Um, And then the second thing is the person that I sat next to was a researcher at University of Washington. (laughs) And she said, I'm researching this and I'm writing up my dissertation. (laughs) So I felt really comfortable and I thought, okay, this is good. (laughs) And you know, I started to go into the, going to the Seattle IONS meetings. So I did that for a few years. Um, off and on, I really didn't introduce myself to anyone, per se, but I kind of just sat in the back and just absorbed everything. Then, Lee, now I'm jumping ahead to 2014. So I'm teaching this um, evening course at a community college, and I had two students in my class that were very balanced, okay, like extremely balanced. And I remember thinking, you know, they're, you know, 20, 21, and I was not as balanced as they were. So at some point in the course, we got to a um, section on stress management, and I asked the students, what do you do to balance stress? Both of them said, we took a meditation course, and the meditation program is called Vipassana. And after the quarter was over, I decided I'm going to investigate this because those students were really balanced. So I started, or I took the uh, Vipassana meditation course, and this also shifted things quite a bit for me. Um, the course started out actually with a lecture on quantum physics, and, you know, everything is made of energy. And I remember that from, you know, eighth grade physics, but it really didn't sink in. So as I started to hear this again, and, um, you know, meditation became a bigger part of my life, that's when I really um, made the decision that I was going to retire from corporate America um, as soon as I became eligible and change my focus to teaching, mentoring, giving back. Um, so anyway, this was about 2014. Around 2017, that's when I'd say I kind of put the pedal to the metal in terms of um, NDE and spiritual growth. So 2017 um, was kind of a tough year. About a year before that, um, one of my best friends, the best man at my wedding, uh, passed away early from a heart attack. And then my mom um, passed away at the beginning of 2017. So that kind of led me on another search to find um, answers. And so you know, I started at this point really going on the scientific exploration. So before I was just listening to NDE stories, but now I wanted to really dive a little bit deeper. So, you know, I started to research some of the people that talk about the scientific part of it, like Eben Alexander, um, Bruce Grayson, and I started putting some of the facts from their talks on Post-it notes <laughs> um, just so that I could see them every day and it would help me stay grounded. Okay? Um, and I'll tell you, as a non-NDEer, sometimes you hear the stories and then you start to question and analyze and think, well, maybe it was just part of the brain. But when I hear, you know, the fact-based uh, stories and, you know, listen to experts like Bruce Grayson, Evan Alexander, who spend their time researching, then it became more reality for me. Okay. Now, at this point, um, I was still listening to NDE stories in the evening. And if you know how YouTube just cycles or autoplays in the same category, one day yes. or one night I was kind of dozing off and I heard an NDE story and this um, lady said, oh yeah, and I'm a professor. And that was Trisha Barker, um, who Lee, you met at the conference as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and so I can't. So I listened to Trisha's story, and then the next day I contacted her by email, and you know I said, "Look, I'm a professor. I want to understand how you integrate um, spirituality into your classroom, okay? Because it's a pretty tricky area." So that's how we actually connected. Um, Trisha has actually been um, godsend for me during. Um, or the earlier part of 2018, she gave or had an NDE summit where she had about 11 near-death experiencers, most who spoke at the uh, last IONS conference. They were on a webcast that she had where one after another, they would talk about their stories. You know, I basically sat from 5.30 in the morning my time to about 4.30 in the evening my time listening to story after story. Mm-hmm. And... This is when all the skepticism was erased, or 99% of the skepticism was erased at this point. When I heard story after story after story, it was almost like having your favorite professor sitting right in your living room on a couch next to you, you know, giving you a lecture. And at that point, you know, I thought, there's no doubt, I know that this is real, and there's more to life than my physical body. So that erased the skepticism. So I'll throw a little bit of plug out there. For those that are still, you know, in the searching stage, um, check out Trisha Barker's website. She's going to do more of these uh, workshops, and I think there's one coming up September 30th of 2018. Um, and then she's going to have, and I'm going to be on that one myself, but she's going to have Daniel and Sylvie Grow, and they're going to talk about intuition. So it really is like a one-on-one exposure, and they're super cheap. I want to say it's like $35, $40, um, but well worth the uh, time and investment. Yes. Um, yeah, but anyway, so I started uh, at this point, as I was listening to all these indie speakers, I was looking at the similarities. Again, love, light, life review, no judgment. And here's what came out of that, Lee. So now, you know, I'm believing that this is really true. And what came out of it was I had this belief that I chose this body, the, um, you know, the challenges I'm going to face, and this is when things really changed for me. It took me from feeling like a victim to really the most powerful person that I could be. And I'm not talking about, like, power over others, but just a personal power. And I heard from multiple indie ears, not only in the, that conference but at the IONS convention, that, you know, we chose this lifestyle for our spiritual growth, okay? And that is so powerful. For me, when I can go shift that thinking, um, again, you go from feeling, or I went from feeling like a victim to being like a victorious spiritual being. That's actually how I felt. So, you know, one thing led to another. I eventually retired from uh, corporate America, and now I'm teaching uh, full-time. So my focus on teaching um, is that I work with my students to really understand how um, leadership can include empathy, and also leaders that are empathetic are the ones that have the highest um, productivity, least amount of turnover. Um, I also talk a lot about social responsibility and how you know it's our role to think about the world as a bigger place than just ourselves. Um, and then I also weave in stress management um, and how it increases productivity. So, you know, I'm weaving in certain elements that have come out of the NDE um, in a way that it ties back to the curriculum that I'm teaching. Um, if I had to say, you know, what are kind of the big things that came out of all this? Um, you know, I mentioned before, 
no longer do I feel like a victim. You know, I think I'm more compassionate. I'm going to have to ask my wife for uh, confirmation on that, but I do feel like I'm much more compassionate. Um, I also think a lot about the ripple effect. So a lot of indie eaters will talk about, you know, in their life review, they saw not only how did their actions impact others, but how did that other person, you know, apply what happened to them and, you know, and so on down the line. So there's a ripple effect. Um, You know, I think now, you know, what's the worst thing that could ever happen? Ultimately, you get to death. And I think, well, that's the best thing that could ever happen. (laughs) Now that I know about the NDE. So, you know, I don't think about, you know, what, what's the worst case scenario anymore. And then I guess the biggest takeaway is kind of the first thing that I read back in 1995, and that's that God's spirit is inside of me. And when you walk around with that belief system, it change, shifts everything, especially when you see other people and you know okay, the same spirit that's in you know, me is also in them and we're all connected and part of this greater consciousness. So those were um, that's kind of the background of my story. Okay. And wow, Leon, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Leon, uh, you were the ahead. perfect choice for what I wanted this program to do, which was to lay out for people who had not had near-death experiences how important near-death experiences can be for for the spiritual growth. Yeah, I, it's almost as if uh, God intended our conference to take place in Seattle and for you to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, one of the other things too is um, I have this belief that there's no uh, coincidences, and I agree with that too. <laughs> I think if it was in any other city, we probably wouldn't have met. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, can I um, also throw out a little plug for um, Ions? Because, like I said, it's 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 really been a foundation. So, for those that you know maybe are not familiar with Ions, I'm assuming if you're listening to this show, you probably are, but. I would really encourage everyone to check out their local chapter. Um, I think I heard some of the talk about this, that there's an online group. I don't know if that's actually in place now, um, but even the online group I think would be good to uh, get into. Yes, they're um, going to be using a Zoom technology, and people from all over the world will be. Uh, it will right. be like a group, um, a local group conference, but it will be uh, all-inclusive. As many people as want to be there can be there. And uh, I haven't seen the details on it yet, but it should be along shortly. Yeah, yeah, I think that's great. You know, this has been such a support for me. Um, I would encourage everyone to, you know, become engaged or at least check out uh, the lo- their local Lions group. You know, the last thing that I want to say, Lee, if, you know, I don't know, I'll open up for any questions that you have too, but one of the challenges that I had was how does the NDE coexist with or can, how can it coexist with my religious beliefs, um, we go to a Catholic church. And yes. one of the things that I do want to say is um, the NDE is not a religion. So some people may disagree with me on that, but I just I don't feel that it is a religion, but it can coexist and supplement and really enhance any religion that, you know, you happen to belong to. And, you know, I know that I was very critical um, of the Bible even. You know, I would kind of look at it as, you know, a book that was written by man and there wasn't uh, a lot of truth in it. You know, I now read it with a whole different lens. And, you know, I see the oneness, the love, the compassion, you know, all of it in there now. And so, you know, I would say, regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey or what religion you belong to, um, you know, explore the NDE because it's definitely worthwhile and it really just supports what you're currently doing. Yes. I wish more religious uh, 
churches of the you know various faiths, uh, Christian and non-Christian, would embrace the reality of the NDE because personal mystical experience just brings uh, the whole purpose of religion to the to a peak. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I, I I have mentioned this before. One church in, in Sedona, the the pastor decided to um, uh, um, turn five Sunday sermons into uh, talks about NDEs and out of his congregation people were coming up and saying you know I've never told anyone about this before but I had a similar experience they shared it with the congregation everyone was electrified by this uh, by this new element in their Sunday worship yeah that's amazing <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. they really can uh, co- like you said I mean they can coexist for sure and you know, I think too is you know more people talk about it, you'll hear more stories. I remember um, one of the bits of research shared this week, this past week, was that what, 5% of the population has had an NDE, or global population. You know, so we're talking, what, you know, three and a half, almost four million people. And if everyone is having the same hallucination, <laughs> um, that's kind of strange. So you know, when you think about those many people, that's definitely something out there. Uh, uh, someone estimated 770 NDEs a day in this country alone. If wow. everyone would talk about their experiences, we could see a change in the whole consciousness of, of um, the country. Andy, I'm afraid we are out of time, and I want to thank you so much for coming on. And I was if, happy um, to do it, Lee, and it was a pleasure meeting you. Well, and I look forward to seeing you in Philadelphia next year at uh, the next IONS conference. Um, if you'd like to listen to this show again or any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org and hit the past shows button. For more information about IONS and uh, next year's conference, they'll have information on that shortly, please go to their website at iands.org, and please join again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.